Thanks for tuning in to the Godlinton Real Estate Education Podcast, where you'll hear from Glenn Godlinton, a real estate professional helping Calgarians for more than 20 years. With a wealth of education to share, Glenn will discuss the ins and outs of navigating the market and help you to discover details that will prepare you, whether you're purchasing your first home or investing in any property. The Real Estate Education Podcast covers a range of topics for both buyers and sellers. It doesn't matter if you're a first-time home buyer or a seasoned investor. Glenn will provide insight and help educate you. He helps explain the process and will help you to make sound decisions around this major investment in your life. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Glenn's Real Estate Education Podcast. So, you're the seller, and we've just received an offer. What do we do next? Well, we've had a number of showings, and one of the buyers likes your home, and they tell their agent they want to make an offer on your home. This is a moment we've been waiting for. So, typically, what happens is the buyer's agent will call the seller's agent to verify if there are currently any offers in play on the home. They may also ask, is anything in particular that the seller may want in the offer, such as an ideal possession date, or what are the extra items that may be included or excluded? The buyer's agent will discuss the process with the buyers and will sit down with the buyers and write up an offer. Normally, they do this electronically or the good old fashioned way, they'll do it on paper. Either way, once the offer is written, they, they will send it over to the seller's agent, generally electronically via email. Typically, the sellers and their agent have discussed how they would like the offer presented. This can be done in person or electronically and over the phone. When the seller's agent receives the offer, he will email the seller a copy so they can review it and will also give the seller a call to discuss the offer. In most cases, after we've discussed the offer, there will be some response back to the seller. We have three choices. We are either going to counter the offer, reject the offer, or accept it. The seller and their agent will discuss the different terms written into the offer. These terms typically include the price, the possession date, the unattached goods that are included, like the fridge, stove, dishwasher, and the items that are to be excluded. The conditions, financing, home inspection, and the condition dates, and any other terms that may have been written into the offer. Do not be disheartened if some of these items are not satisfactory to your liking, such as the price, for example. This is where the seller's agent goes to work for you to negotiate these items. After we have discussed the seller's response, the seller's agent will send the response back to the buyer's agent. This generally happens in one of two ways. One, the agents will speak on the phone and discuss the response and the counter offer verbally. Or two, the sellers send a written response This response may be a text or an email with just the changes, or the seller's agent will make all of the changes on the offer, have the seller initial the changes, and this fully modified offer will be returned to the buyers. The most common is a combination of both. Typically, a verbal call followed up by a text or an email. Either way, some written record between the agents is a good idea, especially if the negotiation is complicated and goes on for a few days. Typically, there are a number of counters back and forth to come to an agreement on the price and all the terms. The negotiation will hopefully end with an agreement, probably verbally with a written backup. 
If there is no agreement, this offer will die and both parties are free to enter into any other agreements, or they may come back to the negotiation table at another time in the future. Once accepted, one of the agents will then make the final changes to the offer. Either the buying agent will update the original offer and make changes to the offer so it is now correct, or the seller's agent may take the existing offer that he was given and add the final changes. In either case, both parties to the contract must initial and sign the contract. If the seller's agent is making the changes, they will modify the offer and send it to the seller for signatures and initials as required. Once signed, it will then be sent back to the buying agent for their final initials. Any changes to the contract need to be initialed by both parties. Now we have a complete document that describes the exact terms of the purchase. Time is of the essence. When the offer is going back and forth between the agents, there is a date and a time where the offer and the counter offer becomes null and void. It is very important to get the document signed and returned timely. If this does not happen, the transaction could expire and making the offer null and void. It is very important that we reply to the other agent before the expiry time. This is especially important if another offer comes in before the offer is signed. Once the offer document is signed by both parties, it now becomes the purchase contract document. It is still the same physical piece of paper, but once signed by both parties, it becomes a conditional contract containing all of the terms of the sale. Anything that has been said verbally does not matter if it is not written into the contract. Keep in mind, if the document has not been signed by both parties and every change has not been initialed by both, this is not a valid contract. A verbal contract is only as good as the paper it is written on, like they always say. Do not wait until the morning to sign the document. If you want this transaction to complete, all parties should sign ASAP. So, what about multiple offers? If more than one buyer wants to write an offer at the same time, we call this multiple offers. And you, for you as a seller, this is a good thing. The typical multiple offer scenario goes something like this. The property is listed in the evening and there are multiple showings requested for the next day. Sometime during the day after the showings have started, the seller's agent receives a couple of calls from buying agents stating that they're thinking about writing an offer and maybe some of the agents don't call, they just immediately send in an offer by email. Once we know for sure that there will be multiple offers, we typically inform all of the buyer's agents that there will be multiple offers, and both agents will be given the opportunity to submit an offer with their highest and best price. In an attempt to get more offers, the seller's agent may also call back all of the other agents that have requested showings to let them know we have an offer or multiple offers coming in. Some buyers do not want to get in to what they think may be a bidding war, so they may choose not to compete or increase their offer. It is best if the seller and their agents pick a time that they will review all of the offers and let the potential buyers know that time that they will need to have their offers submitted by. Generally, the buyer's agent will instruct the buyers to present their best offer to the seller the first time during a multiple offer situation. I have always instructed the buyers to offer what they believe the value is for the property. Choose your offer price and stick to it. If you lose by $50, be okay with that and be okay to walk away and lose the house to the higher price because you offered all that you wanted to pay. 
as all buyers are competing, they will not get a second chance to increase their offer. In many cases, the seller will just sign and accept the best offer. This is typically based on the price and the other terms such as possession date and conditions might also make a difference. Once the time deadline is reached and all of the offers have been received in this multiple offer situation, the seller's agent will contact the sellers and explain to them what their options are. This can be done in person or with email electronically and over the phone. The selling agent will explain to the sellers the terms and conditions of each offer individually. After reviewing all offers, the seller can accept one offer as written, the seller can counter back one offer, or the seller has the ability to reject all offers. The seller must not counter back two or more offers because we don't want to sell the house twice to two different buyers. The seller must pick only one offer to work with to completion or to failure. If failure, then the seller have the opportunity to go and work on the next offer. Normally, all buyers know that everyone is coming in with their highest price. So generally, there's not a lot of financial negotiations as the buyers have come in with their best offer. Sometimes we can adjust a price or maybe a possession day, but that's a good position to be in. Typically, the buyers may try to reduce the number of conditions, such as financing, home inspection, review of condo documents, and sale of buyer's home, and the length of the condition dates to help make their offer look better. Buyers may also be encouraged to increase the amount of their deposit amounts. If the seller is in the process of negotiating an offer and a second offer comes in, the seller may wish to review this second offer and proceed with a multiple offer situation. If the seller has a counter offer out to the buyer, it is important for the seller to withdraw any current offer out to the buyer correctly. After the counter offer has been withdrawn, we inform all agents that there is now multiple offers and the typical multiple offer process starts and the first buyer may adjust their offer as they see fit. The seller has the option to complete the transaction with the first buyer. If they choose not to look at the second offer, the seller is in control. The seller can decide what they want to do. I have seen it happen where when you tell both buyers it is now multiple offers, they both back away. Discuss this with your agent. I have seen many scenarios where the first offer was also very low and the negotiation has been going back and forth for a long time. The second offer comes in, the seller is tired of negotiating and dealing with the first buyer and the deal is completed very quickly with the second buyer. The first buyer may have been willing to pay the price, but they lost the home just because they were trying to save a few dollars. We always recommend keeping the negotiations friendly. You never know when you need a favor from the other side before the real estate deal is closed and the conditions are waived. Remember, treat people like you want to be treated. I have seen this pay off many times. It's okay to be a firm negotiator. Just make sure your agent keeps it professional. So now we have a signed contract. What's next? The buyer and the buyer's agent are responsible for sending a copy of the signed purchase contract and the MLS listing and possibly the title to the bank or the mortgage company so they can start working on the financing immediately. The buyer must also go to their bank and get a bank draft for the deposit in the amount specified on the offer. This amount is typically between $5,000 and $40,000 depending upon the sale price of the home. This bank draft is typically made payable to the selling real estate company. The buyer or the buyer's agents will deliver the bank draft to the seller's real estate office. The draft will be deposited into the office's deposit real estate trust account. And this money will be held in trust until the sale is completed. Then at that time, 
it will be used to pay part of the total purchase price. No interest is typically paid on this deposit money. There is a time deadline written on the contract for when this deposit money is to be delivered, typically three to four days after written acceptance of the offer. The seller's agent is responsible for reporting the conditional sale to his office and by sending them a copy of the signed purchase contract and the MLS listing. The seller's agent will now discuss the seller's sale disclosure form with the seller. At the seller's option, they can report the sale on the MLS by changing the status on the MLS from active to pending, which will now show conditionally sold on the realtor and the public MLSs. Or under contract, which shows active on the public MLS, but conditionally sold on the realtor MLS. Or the seller can choose to leave the listing active on the MLS to get more showings to try to negotiate a backup offer. If the listing is active on the MLS, the home must be available for showings at all time. The seller's agent will discuss in detail the advantage of, of all disclosure scenarios. Please take a look on our website, godlington.com slash podcast, and you can review these forms and documents. Generally, most purchase contracts have a financing condition and a home inspection condition. And if it's a condominium, it also may have a condominium document review clause. If you are selling a condominium, it is the responsibility of the seller to get the condominium documents to the buyer. So the buyer can start to review these condominium documents ASA. Buyer also has the ability to have a third party company review these documents. Typically, the seller gets as many of these documents when the condominium is first listed. Once the offer has been accepted, the seller now must order the remainder of the time-sensitive documents as soon as possible to get them to the buyer within the agreed-upon timeframe. So in reality, there are three things happening in parallel here. The financing is being processed, the condominium documents are being reviewed, and the buyers need to get the home inspection scheduled and completed. Normally, the home inspection is scheduled for about halfway through the financing period so that the home inspection is completed when the financing is complete or at least fairly certain. Regarding the home inspection, the buyer's agent, the selling agent, the buyer and the seller will agree upon a time for the home inspection. The seller and their family should not be there during the home inspection. The buyer's agent will be at the house with the home inspector for the entire inspection, and it is a good idea for the buyer to be there if at all possible. Sometimes what we do is start the home inspection with the inspector earlier in the day if the buyer may be working. And then we have the buyer come in at the end to catch the last half of the home inspection to get all the important details from the home inspector. Sometimes during the conditional period of the contract, the buyer may come back to the seller and ask to change the terms of the contract. This may be because of items found in the financing, the home inspection, the real property report, or the condominium document review. The seller can agree to renegotiate parts of this contract or not. The buyer has the ability not to waive any or all of the conditions with this reasonable justification. If that is the case, the transaction will not close. Once the buyer is happy that the lender says the financing is approved and the condominium documents have been successfully reviewed and the home inspection results are good, the buyer can now waive all of the buyer's conditions. The buyer signs a document called the Notice of Waiver once that document is sent to the seller's agent, these conditions are now waived and the transaction is now a firm sale. The listing is changed to sold on the MLS. The sold sticker goes on the sign at that time.
In some cases, the buyer may send different waiver documents on different forms and different dates to waive the conditions separately. This is okay. If an additional deposit is required on the purchase contract, it is typically paid once the final conditions are waived also by bank draft. Once the buyer waives a final condition, they are locked into purchasing the home. If they do not complete on the transaction, they open themselves up for legal recourse and they may also quite possibly lose their deposit. Once the sale is firm, both the buyer and the seller need to choose a lawyer to represent them during the transaction. All sales documents will be sent to the lawyers by the seller's real estate company. If the sale has a quick closing, the agents may also choose to send these documents to the lawyers directly. Thanks for listening. Please feel free to go to godlinton.com slash podcast to review any of these documents. Thanks and have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Godlinton Real Estate Education Podcast. You can listen to more episodes at godlinton.com. For personalized support and help finding the perfect real estate property, give Glenn a call or send a text to 403-829-9500. That's 403-829-9500 